All right, all right, man. It's good to see everybody uh, this morning. And uh, John, uh, this is kind of an awkward thing. They were like, how are we going to do this? I'm just going to throw it to John. John, you go ahead. Okay, guys, uh, here's the deal. Mark is leaving after church today on a mission trip to uh, Bolivia. Bolivia. So uh, what I want all of us to do is I would like for everybody to stand up and uh, I'd like for all of us to stretch your hands out and let's pray for Mark, uh, pray for God's blessings on him and uh, for God's protection. Father God, I thank you so much uh, for our pastor, God. I thank you for blessing us with him, God. I thank you for uh, his spirit, for his energy, uh, for his passion, Father. God, I ask that you just go with him. I ask that you just uh, bless him, touch him, God. Uh, Keep your angels around him, protect him, Father. And God, uh, let him just be a light like none other. Uh, Let him go all the way over, and they're going to be like, wow, who is this guy? This guy is a man of God. And God, I thank you for Mark, and just bless him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You guys go go and grab a seat. Hey, let me tell you uh, uh, what I am doing today because it involves our church. Uh, Man, earlier at the the beginning of this year, I started to pray that God would just open up doors, that some opportunity would come, something would happen so that our church uh, could really uh, do ministry internationally around the world. That's what Jesus calls us to do. We talked about that in the series, Impact, how Jesus in Acts 1-8 says, you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus just calls us to take this thing worldwide. And so in January, I started praying, God, would you just open up something for that to happen? And uh, uh, in June of this year, uh, Compassion International. Compassion International, maybe you've heard of them, Compassion International. Their primary ministry has been uh, uh, helping kids. Their mission statement is, is delivering kids from poverty in Jesus' name. And, uh, well, they contacted me in June and invited me to uh, be a part of what's called a Compassion International vision trip where they, they only invite a few select people, uh, and they fly them over to see what Compassion International does. And so uh, today I am flying to Miami, which I've never said that before. I'm flying to Miami today. Kim and Kanye, they want to just hang out for a while. So after I'm done hanging out with Kim and Kanye, um, uh, but I'm tomorrow, uh, tomorrow I went from Miami to Santa Cruz, and we're going to be there in Bolivia um, and the reason that the, the what we'll see that what I'll see this week is what they do for kids, how our church can be a part of that, uh, and just just ministering to families there. Uh, but really, to be honest, the reason that I got invited is because Compassion International, wherever uh, they give people a chance to minister to kids and to sponsor kids, it's probably how a lot of you guys have heard of Compassion International through uh, children's sponsorship. They also plant new churches, and so that's why I got invited. Uh, so that our church possibly, if, if, I, if I go and we're like, yeah, we should pursue this more, it could look like our church planting churches in Bolivia with Compassion International so that, you know, we are, we're suddenly sending teams of people from Summit to Bolivia because we're starting churches over there. And so it's just a really cool opportunity uh, this week. If one more person asks me if I'm going to go there and get Ebola, I'm going to tell you yes. I'm going to say yes. And when I get back Friday, because I'll be back Friday, I'm coming to your house. To you, okay? Um, But I'm only, I'll be flying out today, and I'll be back Friday. So I'll be here next Sunday, and I'll be at the Walking Dead invasion, scaring the snot out of teenagers with everybody else. Um, It's just a cool opportunity. And so be praying for me, and uh, um, I'll take pictures of it and post it on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, So if if you're not following me, which if you're not, you're probably using those things wrong, because I'm kind of a big deal 
on those. Um, now it's a great time to, to pick me up as a follow, so there you go, just saying, all right? But, but before I go and hang out with Kim and Kanye, we've got church right here. Somebody said, is the sermon shorter? Nope, it's not. All right, so Hebrews 12 is where I need you to turn, all right? We're just diving right in today, man. We got work today. Hebrews 12, and we're going to read verses 1 through 11, all right? So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and open it up or turn it on if it's on your phone, your mobile device, and I want to read right out of the gate Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. Now, if you don't have a Bible with you, don't sweat it because we always put them on the screen behind me, so you're totally fine, but Hebrews 12 1 through 11 is where we're going to be. And it says this. It says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. Somebody's Bible might say, Consider Jesus and look to him who suffered for you so that you will not give up. Verse 4. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you're left without discipline in which all, all, have, all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You know, there are certain things that are just true, right? I mean, there there are certain things in life, in the world, that are just true regardless of who you are, what your background is, what your experiences have been. doesn't matter who you are, where you've been. There are just things that are simply true universally. Like, let me give you some examples. Let me just give you some examples of some things that are true no matter what. They're just true universally. Here's one. Double-stuffed Oreos are the best invention ever. Amen. Somebody clapped, and that was the right response. Because in heaven, that's all we'll do is eat Oreos, right? Double-stuffed Oreos are the best invention ever. That's not my opinion, people. It's just fact. Look it up, right? I'm sure that, that on the list of top five inventions at the end of the day, top five inventions that humanity ever came up with, I know electricity's in there somewhere, but double-stuffed Oreos is at the top. They're just amazing. Oh, my gosh, and they make mega-stuffed Oreos now. Have you ever had one of those? Mind blown. They're amazing. But, it, but listen, that's just true. It's just true. Double-stuffed Oreos, best invention ever. Let me give you another one that's just true. 
clowns are horrifying. Aren't they? Amen, they are. Clowns are horrifying. Listen, if you are here today and you don't have a problem with clowns, I can't help you. That's, I, I don't know what our church can do for you if, you're, if they don't freak you out. Clowns are horrifying, right? I mean, like I know a lot of people are into the walking dead. Listen, if they took out the zombies in the walking dead and replaced them with clowns, just saying, you couldn't even watch that on television, right? Because they're all, look at this clown. Look at that. Look at that clown. Here, just imagine you go home today after church, you unlock the door, you turn the lights on, and that person is standing in your living room. Somebody's going to have to clean up the puddle that you just left on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Because right? that, that's not right. That's not right. Double stuffed Oreos are in heaven. Clowns, I don't know. I don't know. Here's, here's another one. Here's another one. Another thing that's just true, it doesn't matter what, it's just totally true, and this is true. It doesn't discriminate. It's just true. Is that pain is real. Isn't it? Pain is real. And, and as I'm just scanning the crowd here today, I know there's enough people right here in the room right now, that's exactly what you're experiencing right now. Some type of pain. Because pain doesn't discriminate. Pain doesn't think that anybody's privileged. Pain doesn't care what your education might be or lack thereof. Pain just doesn't care. Pain is real. And so maybe you walked in today and that's your experience right now. Some kind of pain. I know there's people in the room right now and every single day when you wake up, what you deal with is physical pain. Chronic pain. Pain, it's just there. And you've been to doctors, and you've had surgery, and you've taken medication, and you're doing some of those things right now, and that pain just won't quit. And it, and it keeps you from living at the level that you want to live at, but that's a pain that you've been dealing with. Maybe it's not physical pain. Maybe it's the pain of your past. And that thing that, that you did, that thing that you experienced, it might have been years ago, but maybe even when you're hanging out with some of your friends, they unknowingly, because they don't know about it, but they bring something up that relates to it, and every time something comes close to that thing in your past that's painful, just this surge of regret goes through your body. This, this surge of hurt just shoots right through you, because maybe your past it's painful. Maybe the pain that you're experiencing, maybe it's a pain of a missed opportunity that you can't go back to. Maybe it's the pain of loss. Maybe you're a Christian and the pain that you suffer through and that you're dealing with is you just feel like you have let God down over and over and over. You, you just feel like you, you're just constantly letting God down. And so you just feel the pain of that. Maybe the pain that you feel today is you did that thing this week that last Sunday you told God you'd never do. You did it again this week. And there's conviction and there's regret and there's I don't think I'm ever going to beat this. There's pain this morning. See, today is not how to avoid pain because newsflash, you can't. Isn't that true? You can't. Pain just shows up. It doesn't sync with your calendar. Pain just shows up at certain times for everybody. That's why if anybody's here today and you're just scanning the landscape of your life and you're thinking, you know what, I don't have any pain. I don't have any hurt. I don't have anything like that going on in my life right now. Everything is working the way that it should be working. Well, just give it five minutes because it'll come. 
And if it won't be five minutes, give it a couple days because pain is real. So today I'm not talking about how to avoid pain because you can't. But what I do want to do today, I want to talk about a new way to deal with your pain. I want us to see today a new way to deal with pain when it comes or it's already there for a lot of people in the room. Because when pain is there, when hurt's there, and when loss is there, there's really just two options on the table. And the two options that are on the table is I'm going to quit or I'm going to keep going. And so I want to say today to every person that right now you are walking through a season of pain, you are walking through a season of hurt, you are walking through a season where you're looking at your life and you're looking at God and you're saying, I don't know why this is happening to me. I want to say to every person, and that's where you're at right now, I want to say to you today, don't give up. If I could just give you one thing today, one thing to kind of push on you, it's just that word right there. Don't give up. If you're here and everything in your life is working the way that it should be, you need to put today's sermon in your pocket because one day there's going to come an option, and I pray that day's far off, but it's probably sooner rather than later, and the options are, am I going to quit? Am I going to keep going? I want you to put this in your pocket today, and remember that I told you, don't give up. That's exactly what he says in verse 3, isn't it? We read it earlier. He says this again. I'll just read verse 3 in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And here's why he's saying that. Here's why he's telling these people, Hey, listen, guys, don't give up. It's because the book of Hebrews was written to a group of Christians who are considering throwing in the towel. Like, those are the two options. Are we going to keep going or are we going to give up? And the one they're leaning towards is we're walking out. We're walking out on God. We're walking out on these other people. We are about to give up. The book of Hebrews, the entire point of the message of the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is better and he's so good, don't give up on him. That's why if you're here today, listen to me. If you're here today and you're thinking about walking away from God, you're about to give up, I want you to do me a favor and tomorrow begin to read one chapter of the book of Hebrews every day because the message of the book of Hebrews is don't give up. And the reason that we shouldn't give up, you say, Mark, why shouldn't I give up? Why shouldn't I stop fighting for my family? Why shouldn't I walk out? On God. I've been hurting like this for so long. I've been confused this way for so long. Why shouldn't I give up? Here's why you shouldn't give up today. I want you to not give up because your status has been updated. Don't give up because your status has been updated. Hey, let me ask you a question today. Uh, Anybody on social media in any way, shape, or form, raise your hand right now. If you're on social media in some way, raise your hand. Go ahead. Look at that. Hands going up all over the room, virtually every single person. I'm talking anything. I'm talking Facebook, Twitter, I'm talking Instagram. I'm talking MySpace. Anybody? Anybody still rocking that? Anybody? Okay. Um, it doesn't matter. Just anything. I, I, read a, I read some stats this week that I thought were pretty interesting. And this is on the low end. This is just for Facebook. Did you know that every day on Facebook, at least 35 million people update their status? That's a lot of people. Every single day on Facebook, at least, at minimum, at minimum, 35 million people update their status. Oh my gosh, here's one. It's true for all social media across the board. Did you know that every single day there's 93 million selfies taken? 
Did you know that? Think about that, people. 93 million duck faces. Just think about that. 93 million people who at some point today think, you know what the best thing for me to do is to hold my phone out, look at it, and do this. That's right. It's awesome. 93 million people. Some of you are doing it right now at church, but first, let me do a selfie, right? That's what you're going to do. That's what you're gonna do. And if you don't do the duck face, then some people do this, and I don't know what to call this. It's the, you know, it's like I smell something, but I hope it's not me. Th- face, I don't know what that is, people. I don't know what that is. But 93 million of those every day. 35 million at least updating their status. Hey, let me ask you a question. This is just hypothetical. Think through this with me. What if God updated his status? What if God was on Facebook? What if God was on Twitter? And God was going to update his status about how he felt about you right now. Wonder what that status would say. What do you think that status would say? If God was on Facebook and God was going to tag you in in his status and he was going to put out there for the world to see how he feels about you at this moment, what do you think that status would say? Would it just be God tagging your name and then next to it he puts SMH? You know what I mean? Look it up, people. Look it up. Just, just look it up, right? What do you think it would say if God put out a status about how he felt about you right now? Listen, because that's a big question, because so many times pain comes into our lives, and the default response is us looking at God saying, God, what did I do wrong? I was going to church, I was reading my Bible, I thought I was doing everything right. Why are you so ticked off? So many Christians just walk around in a state of confusion about how God feels about them that when the bottom falls out of their life, it just seems to confirm the suspicion that yes, God might love me, I hear it at church, but he sure doesn't like me. He's barely putting up with me. So why shouldn't I give up on a God like that? Because your status has been updated. So the author of the book of Hebrews, and we don't know who the author of the book of Hebrews was. Most people think it was Paul, but but again, we don't know. So the author of the book of Hebrews goes to these Christians who are being persecuted. The reason they're about to give up is because they're being persecuted persecuted. Some of them are being insulted for their faith. Some of them have lost their homes. They've lost their belongings because of their faith. A lot of these new Christians that he's writing to in the book of Hebrews, people are threatening to kill them. They're about to walk away, tap out, give up on God. And the author of Hebrews says this in verse 7. He says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. Watch this next part. Look at it if you've got your Bibles. I hope you got them open. God is treating you as sons. You read that again. I think that we might have missed that because we're still, we're still a little asleep from last night. Watch this. God... Is treating you as sons. So he comes to these people who are about to walk away because the pain is too much. And he says, I want you to know, church, that God's not angry at you. You're hurting and you're suffering, but it's not because God's angry. It's not because God is upset at you. And so what the author of Hebrews wants these people to know in the midst of their pain, and more importantly, more important than the author of Hebrews, what God wants these people to know. 
And what God wants you and I to know, God wants us to see ourselves first and foremost the way that he sees us. And so this author of Hebrews says, listen, God's not angry at you. God's not upset at you. You need to see yourself the way that God sees you. And the way that God sees you is you are his child. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God of God. So God's not angry. I know you're hurting and I know you're about to walk away, but you need to know that God is your father and you are his child. See, he wants us to to, to try to begin to see ourselves the way that God sees us. And so I want to drill down on that idea here a little bit because what he says is, listen, your status has been updated. God's not angry at you and you're not far from him. No, he's drawn you near and you are his child. I want to draw down, uh, drill down rather on that idea that we are God's children seeing ourselves the way that God sees us because that's exactly what some of you need to do today. You're convinced that God is angry and what you need to know is that you're his child. When you look at God, and maybe you sang the songs this morning, if you're honest, though, you've got no confidence in where you stand with God because you constantly feel like you blow it, constantly feel like you drop the ball. You came to church today just so that God wouldn't get angry, and what you need to know is that you're his son or you're his daughter. So I want to drill down on this by looking at another passage, Galatians chapter 4, okay? So if you've got a Bible, we're going to come back to Hebrews 12, okay? We're coming back. But I want to dig a little bit this morning. I want to get a little deep this morning in the Bible. Can we do that? Can we dig a little bit in the Bible this morning? Doesn't really matter if you say, no, I have the mic, all right? Doesn't really matter. Galatians chapter 4 is where I want us to turn. So if you've got a Bible, I want you to go ahead and turn there. I want you to look at this. I want you to look at it, man. If you've got a Bible, turn there so you can underline, write in it. If you've got it on your phone, open it up there so you can highlight it. It's going to be on the screen behind me. But I want us to look at Galatians 4, 4 through 7. It says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. We talked about that a moment ago. To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So that we might receive adoption as sons. Will you all say that word with me? Let's all say it. Adoption. So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. See, the moment that you give your life to Jesus Christ, the moment that you go to God for that very first time and you say, Jesus, I'm surrendering my life to you right now. I need you to forgive me for my sin, be my Savior, and be my Lord. The moment that you begin a relationship with Jesus, God forgives you for your sin. You become saved. You start a relationship with God. You're a Christian. The moment that God saves you and God forgives you, God also adopts you. At the moment that you and I ask Jesus to come into our life to save us, at that very moment, God adopts us and makes us his sons and makes us his daughters. 
So in that very second, God gives us a new status. God gives us a new identity. And that new identity, the new status that God gives us is that we are his children. See, so there's no warming up period between God and us. So in other words, when I give my life to Jesus, there's no period where God says, you know what, I don't even know if I like you yet. Let's see if really you're going to mesh with the rest of the family. Let's see if we warm up together. And then eventually you can be my child, but not right now. You're, too, you're a little too screwed up for me. We'll wait and see on that. No, no, no. There is no warming up period. God the Father instantly adopts us and makes us his own. Say, so, well, Mark, I just have a hard time believing that because because everybody has that person in their family. You know what I'm saying? Does anybody have that person in their family? In their family tree, you've got that branch that you would love to saw off. You know what I'm saying? Some of you have already been thinking about this because they're coming to your house in a few weeks for Thanksgiving and you've already put together an escape plan. Right? That crazy uncle. That crazy aunt. Or the drunk uncle. I don't know. But they're coming to your house. And you've already orchestrated the escape plan. And you're thinking, you know what? Isn't that the way that God feels about me? Because I feel like I can barely get to church every week. I feel like I can barely open my Bible. Isn't that the way that God feels about me? That when he looks at my branch on the family tree, he just wishes he could saw that branch right off. No. That's not the way that God feels about any of his children that he adopts, you and I. And here's why. Because the reason God adopts us isn't because we're dipped in awesome sauce. Okay? God doesn't adopt you and me and make us his children because there's something intrinsically valuable about us that God looks at us and feels like he's missing out if he doesn't have a piece of the action that's us. No, 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 listen. The reason that God adopts us and instantly accepts us is because our adoption is through Jesus Christ. God doesn't adopt me because of me. God adopts me because of what Jesus has done for me. So if you are here today and you are in Christ, God has forgiven you, but he's also given you a new status, and that status is that we are children of God. That's why Summit, listen to me, there is nothing better that we could do. There's nothing more needed that you and I can do than getting drilled down and being confident in who we are in Christ. Because in Christ, we've got a new identity. And that identity is not my job, and it's not the amount of money in the bank, and it's not my athletic performance, and it's not how high my GPA is. My identity and my value and my self-worth comes from who I am in Christ. That's why the Bible will talk about being a Christian as if Jesus, we're clothed in Jesus Christ. So that he covers us. So that when God the Father looks at us, he doesn't see us. He doesn't see our mistakes. No, listen. When God the Father looks at us, what he sees is Jesus in our place. What God the Father looks at us and sees, even when we blow it, and even when we make mistakes, God's not pleased with our sin, but in that moment, God loves us just the same as his children. And see, God has updated our status, and that new status is that we're his children, and God is not like Facebook, because God will not delete that status. 
Once you get the status that we are children of God, nothing can take that status away from you. Nothing can change that status. That's exactly what he says in Galatians 4, verse 7. Listen to it. He says this. You are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Oh, so many Christians live like a slave when in reality they're a son. So I come to church today so that God won't be mad at me. That's a slave, not a son. So pain comes into my life. God, what do I need to do? What do I need to fix? I thought I had it all together, and now all of a sudden you're going to do this to me. I'm trying to keep up my end of the bargain. That's a slave, but I'm really a son. See, if you and I aren't aware of who we are in Christ, of our identity in Christ, that we are the children of God through Jesus, if we're not aware of that, if we don't live in that confidence, then what will happen is we'll, we'll be convinced that Jesus saves us, but God's love for us day to day is based on our performance. And I just want to say to our church today, God's love and acceptance for us is based on the performance of Jesus, not our performance. Because if God's love and acceptance of us was based on our performance, we're in trouble. Amen? Amen. So nothing can take that status away. That's exactly why we go back to the book of Hebrews. He says this. Let me read this verse again. Verse 7. It's for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as what? Sons. God is treating you as his son. God is treating you as his daughter. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Hey, where are my dads at in the room? Where you, dads, raise your hand. Dads, dads, raise your hand. There we go. Dads, there we go. Some, you know, some, you know, dads are in the room. Uh, grandparents in the room. A lot of people in the room. You know, I'm a dad. I have three kids, okay? I have three. I discipline my kids, okay? Now, that doesn't mean I walk in, who wants to get beat? I don't do that. No. No. Now, knowing my three kids, I probably should go back there right now because somebody probably deserves a beating. Okay? Just saying. But I discipline my kids. I discipline my kids. I know that's a controversial thing to talk about. I know that ticks a lot of people, a lot of people off. That I, the preacher just said he disciplines his kids. Some of you are in the crowd and you're thinking, well, I don't discipline my kids. The rest of us can tell. The rest of us can tell. Okay? We know. We know. But you know what? In those moments when I got to discipline my kids, you know what st- they still are in the midst of the discipline? They're still my kids. See, there's times when I've got to discipline my kids because I see something in them that if we don't try to get that out, that's going to hurt them in the long run. There's times when I discipline my kids because I can see a behavior in them. I can see something coming to the surface in their life that we need to work on now. And some of you are in the middle of a situation. Mark, why am I going through this? You're looking at God. God, why am I going through this? And I just want to say to you, I don't know why you're going through that. I don't know why you've got to go through that loss. I don't know why you've got to go through that physical condition. I don't know why you're walking through the season that you are right now. But what I do know is that we have such a good Father in heaven that He can take our trials and turn them for good. That He can take our pain and produce a harvest. God can take our pain and our tears and our hurts and God can use them in our lives. Mark, are you saying that all of these bad things that I'm going through right now, all of those things, they're from God? No, I'm not saying that. 
I'm not on this stage and I'm not here to tell you that that every horrible diagnosis is from God, but I want to tell you that God is sovereign over that diagnosis. I want to tell you that God is good over that diagnosis. I want to tell you that God can use that diagnosis in ways that we never even fathom for His glory because He's good. I want to tell you that today. But in that moment, in that moment, when we look at our lives, why am I going through this? Why is there this pain? Here's what we can know. God has given me a new status. I know that God's not upset at me. I know not God, that God isn't going to walk out on my life because God has updated my status. And that status is that I'm a child of God. I might have just lost my job. might have just lost my family. The bottom might have fallen out of my life. I didn't get in the school I wanted to get in, but I know I'm a child of God. And I know that there's a God in heaven that loves me. And nothing can change that status. See, if you go back to the very first week of this series, the theme verse for this series was John 10.10. And it says this, Jesus says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Listen to me. The devil cannot take away your status as a child of God, but he can take away your awareness of that status, that you're a child of God. He can't change your status, but he can so condemn you, he can so speak negatively to you, he can so discourage you that you live as though you never experienced the status you have, which is a child of God. That's why starting today and every single day, you and I need to preach this message to ourselves. You and I, we need to tell this message to ourselves. We need to wake up Monday morning, tomorrow morning, as soon as the alarm goes off on our phone, as soon as the alarm clock goes off, as soon before our feet even hit the floor, the first thing we need to say is not, oh God, it's Monday. First thing we need to say tomorrow morning is it is Monday and my status has been updated. I am a child of God and you're kicking Monday in the teeth that way. Because you got to preach this message to yourself. I'm telling you that you walking out of here today speaking this, speaking this to yourself this week, I'm a child of God. My status has been updated. I've been adopted. No one can take that away from me. That is the difference between somebody walking out of here today, and this has been a game-changing sermon, and the person right next to that person who's listening to this sermon, and you're saying this, well, I didn't get nothing out of that. Right? Some people leave here every week, and you say this, well, that don't work for me. What that guy up there on the, with the big forehead, that guy on stage, what he says every week, that don't work for me. Hey, do you know why this isn't working for you? Because you ain't working it. you got to work it so that it'll work. You've got to work it so that it'll work. You've got to flex the muscle of your faith and speak faith over your life so that no matter what your circumstances are that you see, the truth that you know is I am a child of God. God is for me and nothing can change that. You need to work that. You need to flex that. You need to live by faith with that message this week. And so I just want to say to somebody today, don't give up. Don't give up because your status has been updated. Don't you give up on church. Don't you do it. I know it's hard, and I know when you look at your life, you're like, man, I don't even think that God is with me anymore. He is because he said he is. Jesus has bought you. You're his child. Don't you give up on church. Don't you give up on God. Don't you give up on serving. Don't give up on your marriage. 
Don't give up on putting a foot on the floor. I know this is the darkest season of your life, and the easiest thing would be to walk away from it all, and you just want to stay in bed and pull the covers up over your head and let the world go away. Don't give up today. Don't give up because your status has been updated. Now, some of you are here, and, if we're tr- and the truth be told, your status has not been updated. And you're sitting there in that seat, and you're saying this, you know what, Mark, I don't think I'm a Christian. God's been speaking to you for the past several moments, and what you know is true in your heart is that you do not have a relationship with God. And I want to say something very clear and very controversial, but it's true. Everyone is not a child of God. We're not born children of God. We're not. We don't work our way into becoming children of God. Now, the way that we become children of God is we go to God's Son, Jesus, and we say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to save me. I need you to update my status because I cannot carry the weight of this life on my own. I don't know what to do. Jesus, I am broken. I am tired of being Lord. I need you to be my Lord. And we need to surrender our lives to Jesus. And I am telling you today that no matter who you were when you walked in, if you give your life to Jesus Christ today, you will walk out of here with a new status that no one and no thing could ever take from you. And that new status is you are a child of God. And so today, if that's what you need to do, then this is your moment right now. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, right now we come to you and we thank you that it is only through you, it is only through you that we can have a relationship with God. It's only through you and it's only because of you that we can have this confidence that look at, when we look at our lives and the pain that we endure and the loss that we endure and the hurt that we endure. And God, there's so many times when we want to we do better and we don't. We want to change, and it just seems like we can't. I thank you that in the face of all of that, that we can have the confidence through you, Jesus, that we are children of God. And no disease can take that away. And the devil cannot take that away. And the world cannot take that away. So for the person who's here and they were one day away from throwing in the towel, speak to them and tell them today was for them. Tell them that Jesus suffered for them because he loved them so that they would not give up. I pray for the person that's here today and they need their status changed. They need you to come into their life for the very first time Forgive them and make them new so that they can become a child of God. Let today be that day. With every head bowed, with every eye closed, no one is looking around. No one is looking around. But I just wonder if today was for anybody. I wonder if today was for you. And so you would just simply say this. If if you're here today... If you're here today in your seat and God has spoken to you and you would say, Mark, you know what? Today is for me. Today was for me. 
Would you just raise your hand up right now so that I can pray for you? Pray that you would not give up. Mark, today was the day, man, I was so close to giving up, but God's spoken to me. Just raise your hand right now. There's a hand right over there. God bless you. There's a group of hands right here in the middle. Hands are going up off to the side. Mark, this today was for me. Pray for me. Mark, today was for me. Pray for me. Pray that I don't give up. Listen, here's what I want you to do today before you leave. This is for everybody, whether you raise your hand or not. If you are here today and you are going through that season of pain, and the option on the table is, am I going to keep going or am I going to give up? I want you to take your connection card that we gave you when you walked in, and on the prayer section on the back, write down, write down. Say, this is my season. This is my hurt. This is my pain. Pray that I don't give up. And we want to pray for you this week. We want to encourage you to keep going. But maybe you're here today and you need Jesus to give you a new status. You need Jesus in your life to save you, to make all things new. And if today you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ right there where you sit, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And this prayer is just to help express what God's doing in your life right now. So if you want Jesus to update your status and become a child of God today, you want Jesus to change your life, pray this prayer with me right now where you sit. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. Make all things new in me. I surrender all that I am to you right now, Jesus. Thank you that my status has been updated. And now I'm your child. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. No one is looking around. No one. But I want to say to you today that if you just prayed that prayer, if today you want to give your life to Jesus that you just made the biggest decision of your life. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 14 that angels are celebrating right now. Angels are celebrating what you did. And I want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate that with you. So I'm going to count to three. And if anybody made that decision today, if today is the day you want to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, I just want you to slip your hand up into the air as soon as I say three. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now just so that I can see and pray for you. Raise your hand right now. And if you are making that decision today, I want you to look at me. Just look at me. Don't leave today until you let somebody know what you just did. On the back of that card, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. Please don't leave until you check that box and drop it in one of the baskets on your way out today. In the back of the auditorium, we've got a free Bible for you. We've got some other things for you. But God has just, God has just completely given you a new status that you are His child. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you that your word is true. The devil will tell us that your word is not true. Our circumstances will tell us that your word is not true. We will tell ourselves that your word is not true, but your word is true over it all. And in Christ, today, we are yours. Our status has been updated. So God, let us not give up. Let us not give up. Let us not turn around. Let us not slow down. Let us keep walking with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Church, let's thank God for today. Let's thank God for today. And I saw a lot of hands go up just to say, you know, today was for me. I was right there on the brink. I feel like I'm right there. Hey, listen, if you need to pray with somebody, there are people at the back today, but make sure to put it on the back of your card how we can pray for you. 
okay? Hey, before you leave, I got a couple of things to mention. Next week is a really big week, okay? Next weekend is a huge deal. Next Saturday is the Walking Dead invasion for middle school, high school students, okay? Now, the event starts at 7.30 at Twin Rocks Bible Camp, but the buses leave here at 6.30. So students, tell every person you know and come. It's going to be an amazing time. Next Sunday... Next Sunday, we're starting a brand new series called Supernatural, and we're going to answer questions about angels, demons, ghosts, the devil. It's going to be an amazing series. It's going to be really fun. And also, next Sunday, we're going to have Trunk or Treat in Summit Kids for the kids. Kids can wear their costumes to church next week. We're going to have them walk through there, big through here costume parade. It's just going to be so cool. Tell people about it. Bring people and don't miss it. Guys, you are dismissed. Love you. I'll see you next week. See you guys.